Dodgers are not in the same boat, Al. The Dodgers may be down 3-1 like they were uh, a year ago, but not only does the eye test not add up, but the uh, the emotional test, the heart test, the, the God's test, it just feels like they're going to really need to change their fortune tonight. By the way, you know, this is whether it's a good example or not, um, when they were down 2-1 last season – I want to say Braves blew out the Dodgers. So they, they won 9-2 yesterday. I think mm-hmm. last season to get 3-1 was 10-2 Braves, something mm-hmm. along those lines. The problem is, Trav, and I, I think you would agree with this, that there's a certain feel and a vibe or a lack of a certain feel or I a vibe that, that you feel the Braves have and the Dodgers don't. You know, I, I don't think the Dodgers are walking into – or I don't think the Braves are walking into tonight's game thinking that um, – thinking that – there's not much doubt in their head. There's not much, oh my gosh, if this happens or if that happens. They are one bad pitch away from sweeping the series. Yeah. And, and I don't say that to be disrespectful. It's the truth. You know, Belly, Bellinger caught one to tie the game in the eighth inning, and it might go down as one of the coolest moments in Dodgers playoff history. That one pitch doesn't happen, and I know ifs, buts, this, all that. That's how lopsided. And I know there, a lot of these games have been close, but I feel like as the series is progressing, I feel like the Dodgers are getting less and less confident about their chances. Yeah, it's. It, yeah, I want to go back to Bellinger one sec. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. It would really suck if that home run gets relegated to the, hey, do you remember when category? No yeah. one needs to say, hey, do you remember when Kirk Gibson hit his home run? We, Yeah, we remember. It won the World Series one game to nothing. But if the Dodgers lose today, or even if they lose somewhere game six or game seven along the way, and hopefully none of these things happen and they go to the World Series, it'll be one of those, hey, do you remember that? It, I Just because it came in the NLCS in a game that they they won, but ultimately they turn around and lose the next two or two of the next four or whatever it might be, but it just it was such a great moment that is on the border of being forgotten other than unless you're a really diehard Dodger fan. Yeah, and, and listen, um, that's how sports works, right? If if it happened when you didn't win the World Series or if point four happened and you didn't win the NBA championship and you remember those moments, but they're not going to have the feel of when Ori hits the three or Gibson, like you say, in game one, those those take it to a next level because you eventually won it. Here's some good news. And, and okay. look, they're, they're still alive. It's mm-hmm. not great. And I'm not going to lie and say, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. They did it last year. It doesn't feel like that at all. But the good news is if you can find a way to win today, right, if you can find a way to beat Max Freed, who's yep. very, very good, by the way, he's their number one guy, but you did a good job against him in the first game, you at least got a couple, and you made it a game, you ended up losing three to two, but if you can find a way to get through it today, you've actually got a heartbeat, because your heartbeat is, I got Max Scherzer going in game six, and I know that he did not pitch well in game, what was that, game two, I, I get it. You got Walker Bueller going in Game 7. I get that he did not pitch well in Game 3. But if you were asking them to do something, this is what you would ask them to do. Hey, get me through today, and they're going to have to get great performances from whoever they end up running out there. They're going to – everybody, basically. Everybody's going to have to do a good job. Mm -hmm. But if you can steal one today, you're alive. Mm -hmm. And and, and hopefully they go into today's game, and we're going to take some calls on this in a second, 877-710-ESPN. 
But if you can go into it today with the, hey, look, guys, we're down 3-1. Justin Turner's gone. Max Muncy's gone. Nothing's gone our way. Can we just go out there and play today? Mm-hmm. Can, we, can, can we not squeeze it super hard? Can we kind of do what we've done, see some pitches? Let's work against these guys. Let's put some guys on base. Let's see what can, if they can somehow create an environment, which is we got nothing to lose, they got a chance. It's not a great chance, but they got a chance. You try to create things that play to your advantage. Okay, let me throw something out there. Their back was against a wall. They needed to win one in a row in the wild card game. They did it. They needed to win two in a row against the Giants, and they did it. Well, now they're in a position where they're going to have to win three in a row. Uh, today's stat hero of the day, Albert Pujols. He had a, his first hit of the game last night. He had the first hit for the Dodgers uh, of the game one last night. One of four. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, he's sitting right now fifth all-time in home runs. Trav, you mentioned something that I think uh, is very interesting. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. This could be his final game. Could be. This could be it. And, and look, we'll see. The The reporting out there is that it seems like he wants to come back. That doesn't necessarily mean there will be a place for him to come back. Uh, the designated hitter looks like it's going to come to the National League next year. So yeah. that helps. That Instead of having you know just the American League, you can put in the National League as well. Um, problem is he really is only effective against left-handed pitchers now. He really is kind of a, a, a log jam on the bases. He, he's got a very specific role as I can come off the bench and hit left. Left-handers. That- just I'm gonna just throw this out there. What a, angels may be interested? Two years, eighty million, something like that, just to kind of <laughs> test test the waters. Better than the deal they had before. <laughs> Stat Hero, the exclusive <laughs> daily fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sleeva Show. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives a player the advantage. Thought the website here. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN, stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. I think one of the reasons that he wants to come back, and I get it, I totally get it, he has 679 home runs. Doesn't 700 sound a lot better? Yeah. (laughs) Getting into that 700 club, which is incredibly exclusive, he's really close. Mm. Like, if he got enough at-bats, he could hit 21 home runs. He he could could hit 21 home runs in, you know, part-time at-bats. It can't be part-time, part-time. But just regular, because I'd love to see him get 700 home runs. Here's the other thing about this. And baseball fans that are plugged in get this. But if you are somebody that just kind of watches occasionally, I need to explain something to you. When you hear of the baseball greats, right, Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and all these names, that even if you're not a baseball fan, you know who they are. He's one of those guys. He, he's he's one of those guys that if you go back and look at the all-time list of, of hits and RBIs and home runs and slugging percentage and all, Albert Pujols is with the – he's not close. He's in that group. Albert, like I said, 679 home runs. He's a three-time most valuable player. How about this, Al? Ten times in his amazing career, he finished in the top five in MVP voting. Ten times. That's an entire decade where he was one of the five best players in his league, and oftentimes he was second and first. This is not a guy that's had a really nice career, who hung around a long time, stacked up a lot of numbers. This is one of the greatest offensive players that this game has ever seen, and I hope he gets the respect that he deserves because tonight could be his final game. Yeah, see if the Dodgers can uh, extend this as best as they can and see if Paul's going to be a part of that mix. Um, okay, let's take some calls. Where do you want to start here, Travis? Let's do, do David. Let's do David first. David, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's going on, David? Guys, what's going on? Hey, so with our backs against the walls and no Turner – what are you guys' thoughts about bringing in Gavin Lux to play third and keeping CT3 in the outfield? I think it's an option. 
I, I think that you know who you're going to get, right? You're going to get Taylor, Bellinger, Pollock, and Lux in some combination in some places. I think that Lux is probably easier to hide at third base than he is in, in the outfield. But yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario, Al, that we see Gavin Lux at third base today. Yeah, it, when, when the conversation a couple of days ago was about Justin Turner, and, hey, man, the guy's not hitting. Maybe you should just give him a night off. Maybe this will help him if he doesn't play for a game. Those four guys is who we talked about. It was just basically rotating wherever you want to put him. Now it's uh, it's a necessity. You don't you literally don't have a choice. So there's because of Muncie and because of Justin Turner, you're now playing guys that you had the option of bringing in whenever you wanted. Now you don't have that option. Look, anymore. who knows what happens tonight, right? Who knows? But the odds are. If the Dodgers are going to win the game, you can't worry about this. You're going to have to hit. You're going to have to score a bunch of runs because your bullpen has been asked to do so much work over the last couple of weeks that the odds of them giving up four or five runs are probably pretty good. You're going to have to find a way to get your six, seven, eight runs to win this game. This is about offense. It's not about defense. It's not about your pitching. It's about finding a way to stack up runs. And Atlanta's hitting. Every dude that they bring up, it feels like, is a threat. Right, Trav? I mean, just kind of use yesterday as an example. Leo gives up three home runs, three solo shots. They were just fortunate – Obviously, there wasn't anybody on in those shots, but it, it seems like it doesn't matter. Whether it's – just use this as an example, right? Whether it was Walker Bueller or it was – and I know all you want to do is just kind of try and stretch this to a game six because you've got Bueller and Scherzer. Bueller, last time he faced the Braves, three and two-third innings. Scherzer, last time he faced the Braves, four and one-third innings. Yesterday, Julio, five innings, five earned runs, and only three Ks. So I think, you know, obviously their starting pitching is, um, unfortunately, maybe it's the wear and tear. Maybe it's Atlanta just found their number, but I I think it has more to do with the fact it's more wear and tear. I was going to say I'm not going to make excuses for Walker Bueller, but I am. If Gavin Lux catches that ball and no, Jerry no, Meals gets right that call this. right, no, that, right that game may go very, very dead. Now, he was getting hit. Don't don't get me wrong, but instead of him being out in the third inning, maybe he gets into the fifth or the sixth inning, and that could be a little different. And that's look, I don't need eight innings, 13 strikeouts, one hit. I, do, I just need somebody to pitch into the fifth inning in one of those games. Yeah, i got to get there first. Bueller was asked to have five outs. I yeah. think you mentioned that yesterday, right? Five outs in one inning. Five outs in one Very innings. few major league pitchers are getting through that without mm-hmm. giving up something along the way. Sergio is next. Sergio, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Really enjoy the show, and I'm so glad that they added on another hour to it. Me too. <laughs> so you, you kind of touched on this in which, you know, I was there for the 88 series when Gibson hit that home run. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Conseco hit that Grand Slam. It was the 13th Grand Slam in, in World Series history. And they were down and out. And, you know, they even showed the parking lot towards the end, you know, all the, the red taillights, all, everyone leaving. And he comes up and, and hits that. The place was crazy. And I compare that to Bellinger's hit, his home run. And I just don't feel that that energy carried over. Because when Gibson hit that home run, that series was over at that yep. time against Oakland. Well, you're leaving out an important part about this, Sergio. You're right. that The, the momentum that existed in, the Do- in Dodger Stadium after Kirk Gibson's home run was real. I've said it a few times. It's the first time in World Series history that a team won the World Series one game to nothing. Because it just it was such a devastating blow. Do you remember what happened in Game 2? And I'm not putting you on, on, on blast here, Sergio. I'm just, I had to look it up myself. But... Oral Hersizer threw a complete game. <laughs> okay, so that while while yes, Kirk Gibson's heroics are legendary and the thing we remember, 
Oral Hershiser went out there the next day and jammed the bats down the the uh, Oakland A's throats. He shut. He, he threw a complete game win, and so that really that had nothing to do with momentum of Kirk Gibson. That was Oral Hershiser riding arguably one of the greatest single seasons in history, and just saying, "No, no, no, we're done here. Here goes nine innings of me just locking you up." But, but Trav, I think that falls. That that's the point Sergio is making. Sergio, the point he's making is that. After game one, okay, Dodgers have all the momentum there. The place was buzzing. People still talk about it today. Every time you hear a highlight, you want to hear it from different announcers. Bellinger's home run, you thought for a second there. We did. You know, most people did. And I think probably Atlanta Braves fan thought uh, thought it for a second coming into yesterday's game like, oh, man. It's a little we, different. They it, just woke up. It's, the, it's the a Braves, little different. Or the Dodgers just woke up. The Dodgers are going to come into game four desperate. By the way, you're already down 2-1. You're going to walk into that game desperate. What, what Sergio, I think, point he thought yesterday, as I did, and I think you probably did as well, some of that momentum would carry through, and, and none of it carried through. Literally nothing carried through. Yeah, I, I was hopeful that it might, but I'm not surprised because let, let's go back to 88 again, and this is just me reliving a great moment in Dodgers. But you got to go back to the 1988 NLCS. The Dodgers were winning games. They had no business winning. That Kirk, that it wasn't just Kirk Gibson hitting the home run off at of Dennis Eckersley. Mike Sosha hit a home run off of Dwight Gooden in, in the NLCS. That Mike Good, Mike Sosha had about four or five home runs a year. He wasn't a home run guy. This is when Dwight Gooden was Dwight Gooden. And Sosha turns him around. Kirk Gibson makes a diving catch in left field to save a game. Oral Hershiser's coming out of the bullpen on one day rest and just lock that ev- all of the things that the Dodgers are not doing right now, all the little breaks that happen along the way, they're not. They're just it's they, actually they, happening for the Braves. Yeah. The Braves were just, the eighteen games, you know, Dodgers won eighteen more games than they did. And and what we kept saying, Oh, look at Dodgers. They're Look how much this helps. They're battle-tested. They went into that wild-card game. They had a five-game set against the Giants. Every game is counted in the regular season. I actually think that's now starting to turn the other way against the Dodgers. No, absolutely. Yeah. Look, the, the, the Bellinger home run, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, you know what that is? That's the Conseco Grand Slam in game one. You're like, okay, cool, you got one, whatever, here we come. You got it, fine. You get the game. The game didn't end. game's still playing. Now they ended up losing the game, so it's not a perfect comparison, but they shook it off. You know, the Dodgers could have cratered when Jose Canseco bounced it off that television camera in center field. Pretty awesome moment, by the way. But they didn't. They just kept going, and the this just feels like everything that needs to go their way hasn't. Doesn't mean it can't change tonight. More of your phone calls coming up in a little bit. But it is Thursday, Thursday night NFL po- uh, football, and we do our pickums on Thursday. Alan, you need to get off the floor. You've had a bad couple of weeks. All so. right, yeah, I just have to relax there. That's I'm coming up next. For a sec. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I'm not going to lie, Al. I say a lot of things on the radio that uh, don't come out super great. Yep. That was perfect. That Ask Slee is the part of the rich tapestry that is the city of Los Angeles. I'm pretty pleased with that, as should you. Like a proud, <laughs> like a proud father. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just very happy how that entire thing came out. All right, it's time to do our week seven picks. Let's just do a primer real quick. Travis and Slee both have 22 total points. We're sharing the lead. The guests, we have a different guest every week. Come on and pick games. They are right on our heels. They have 20 points along the way. This week's guest picker is Anthony Martinez. Anthony, thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate it. How are you feeling? What's up, 710 family? Let's do this. All right. Welcome, I like Anthony. it. I like Welcome, it. Anthony. Welcome. Anthony sounds like he's ready to go. All right, let's start. Uh, Al, you're going to go first. We okay. always start with our Rams game. Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions coming to SoFi Stadium. The Rams are a 15-point favorite. Who you got? All right, so let me just say this. I, uh, I'm i on a four-game losing streak right now. So last week, not a good week. All right, very stressful, Travis. I don't okay. know how you watch the game on Sundays, but very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do something that uh, I think I've already proved myself I shouldn't do, but I'm going to go ahead and keep doing it. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Lions in this one. I'm oh, going wow. to take the Lions – with the points, 15-point favorites. It's Why am I doing it? What's that? It's, it's a lot of points. Yeah, it's but it was a, a lot idea. of points last week, and they covered by 60. <laughs> okay, so I learned. I didn't learn anything from my mistakes. Uh-huh. I'm going to give this a two. Okay, so Slee's got the uh, Lions at two. Um, Anthony, who do you got, the Rams and the Lions at SoFi? Um, I'm going to take the Lions to cover with some garbage points at the end. Okay. How many points? One through four. Four uh, is your most confident. Okay, that one will be four. Ooh, he's going the Lions all the way okay. at the top. Anthony, all the way. one or the two of us is going to be very pleased at the end of this uh, Rams game. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to also put them at my four, so you and I are on opposite ends of this. I, I mentioned this to you before, Al. I think that uh, Sean McVay has some things that he wants to uh, get off of his chest, and I think he's going to do it by scoring a whole bunch of points. Can I, can I tell you something? Yeah. When, when a predicament like this comes and I could see Anthony again, I can't tell you how much I want Anthony to cover now just so you don't get that four. <laughs> it's not good. It's not healthy. This is the point of this game. Oh. It's not healthy. All right, Anthony, you're going first on this next one. The Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are a three-point favorite. Who you got? I'll take the Raiders. And what what level of confidence? What number you want to put be, it? That one will be my second one. Okay. Okay. Two. So Las Vegas at two. Al, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Raiders as well. I'm okay. going to go Raiders, and you know what? If we're going to gamble, let's gamble. Um, I'm going four on this one. I'm taking Raiders, putting all my eggs in the Raiders' basket. Why? I have no idea. Let's keep going. <laughs> all right. I'm going to make it a clean sweep, which means uh, the Eagles are probably feeling pretty good about this. I'm going to take the Raiders as well. And basically Please. just to absolutely you know, poison the well, I'm going to put them at one just so you don't get the four. <laughs> That's what I'm going for there. So last, All right. I'm going to go first here on the next one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are on the road. The Chiefs are a five-point favorite on the road against the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go Tennessee. I think that they, uh, they they found a little something last week against the Bills. I think they're flying pretty high. And the Kansas City defense stinks. So give me Tennessee. I'm going to put them at 
two. Slee, who you got? I hate to do this. I'm going to agree with you. I got the Titans as well. Uh, I'll go Tennessee. Chiefs have not looked good. Tennessee actually, listen, you kind of blink here for a second. They're 4-2. Granted, they had some terrible injuries in that last game. I'll go Titans 3 on this one. Okay, so he's got Tennessee at 3 and Anthony. Titans or Raiders? Or excuse me, Titans or Chiefs? This one's pretty difficult. Let's go with – I'll go opposite of you guys. I'll go Chiefs. One or three? That will be my uh, – Three. That'll be three. All right, so he goes KC at three. I will go first here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Alex, back to you at the top. You are going Anthony, first. we have seismic differences here. Either <laughs> Anthony is going to be well ahead of me or I'm going to be well back. Um, okay, final one is Bengals yep. at the Ravens, correct? At the Ravens, and the Ravens are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home, Al. Um, I'm going to go Bengals, and this is going to be my least confident. I'm going to go one. I'll take Cincinnati. Um, even if Ravens win the game, I'll take Bengals to, uh, to cover. All right, I'm going to go Baltimore. I only have the three left, so Ravens at three. And Anthony, the final pick of our NFL Pick'ems for Week 7, who you got? Let's go Baltimore. Baltimore it is. You get them at one. Anthony Martinez, thank you for participating. Thank you, brother. And uh, make sure you check in on Monday and guys. see how you did. All right, thanks, Anthony. Um so what we were talking about, too, with all of this, Al, is the yeah. Goff and Sean McVay situation. And Sean McVay said earlier in the week that he regretted how the trade for Matthew Stafford went down, the way that it was handled. He said, you know, I have regrets with how the way that this was handled. I, It wasn't good. The communication wasn't good. I, I, I wish that I could do better on that the next time that this situation comes up. Jared Goff was asked about, hey, what do you make of what Sean McVay has said? Here it is. Of course, you have the chip on your shoulder. I've spoken about that. Like, you know, there, there, was, there was some disrespect felt towards the end. There was some sourness there towards the end, and, and you still feel that. You still have that chip on your shoulder. But at the same time, when I get the game starts, if I let any of that come into how I'm going to play the game, it would be selfish, and, and I'm going to play the game just how I would any other game. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm not worried about uh, feeling some type of way once the game starts. Now, see, if I were a bad guy, I would say maybe you don't want to play the game the way that you usually play the game. But because I'm not a bad guy, I'm just going to say that I admire Jared Goff for kind of taking the high road in this whole thing. Um, Everybody got what they needed out of this, right? Sean McVay got a better quarterback. Jared Goff got to go and start over in a new place, which probably won't be the last place that he's going to move on to the next spot. And instead of just getting kicked around the way he was here in L.A., he's gone and down the road and he can collect his money and go play football wherever it is. Nobody has any regrets about any of this, right? I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think for Jared Goff um... – He's in an awful. He's with an awful franchise. Like yes. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And what you just said there about this probably isn't the last place he's going to play. Not a chance. That's the key. That's the key right there. The key is, can he eventually get on a team that is even Travis? Even if they're a 500 team, you know. Even if, by the way, even if he becomes, he's in some type of situation where he's a backup quarterback, and something happens, and he can, you know, further on down his career, he's not. He's going to get his money, but there's got to be. Just from a competitive perspective, this has got to be the most miserable situation possible. They've been in some games, but they're not a good team. They're a terrible franchise. The coach wants to bite some kneecaps. I don't think Jared Goff is sitting back and saying, well, I really won in this one. No, he didn't win, but what he did is he got out of a situation that was never going to be his. Sean McVay made it crystal clear, Sure, we're done here. You can't you can't stay. So he's Which is go fine. Somewhere. That's okay. That's it's part fine. of happens, the business. Happens all the time. Yeah. So he needed to go on. Now he's not going to stay in Detroit. Detroit didn't trade for Jared Goff. Traded they traded for the picks. They traded for the two first round draft picks yeah. that came along with Jared Goff. And instead of using those picks right now to go get a quarterback, they said, you know what, we'll play Jared Goff maybe for a year, maybe for a couple. Jared Goff will be I you know what, Al tell me if you agree with this. 
by the time it's all said and done, Jared Goff will play in the NFL for probably 12 or 15 years, mm-hmm. and he'll probably play on five or six different teams. That just seems like that's his destiny in this league. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, I, I don't know how else to put it. I, I think maybe I've been a little bit more can, – can, can, can this happen where you know a quarterback is not a franchise quarterback, but you're also rooting for him just because you don't feel like he's a bad dude and, you know, he's going to – Jared Goff doesn't have. Just the, want everybody it, to be happy. That's all I care about. Just, <laughs> just want everybody to feel good. Just everybody go home at night, uh, lay your head on your pillow, and feel good. That's all. That's what Jared I'm looking Goff, what I'm about. Jared Goff <laughs> is in a situation which, by the way, Matt Stafford was in the situation for a number of years as well in Detroit. There's certain franchises that are going to either help you. The, the Rams made Jared Goff look better than he really was. The Lions will make Jared Goff look probably worse than he really is. That's just. Franchises have a lot to do with your success. He's with a franchise that obviously is going to have no success. So you before know, we move on, yeah. Earlier in the segment, you said you admired Jared Goff. He did say that. That's that was from your that. words, uh, mm-hmm. Travis. Yeah, he I did. said I admired him. You said yes. you admired him, and you said if the opportunity presented itself, you'd love to give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I admire the way that he handled the situation, that he could have come out of here and had incredibly sour grapes. And he said, you know, at, at the beginning, I think he actually used the phrase sour grapes. I think what he did was the only option he had, but it it could have been, you know, this is they never gave me a chance. They were against me the whole time. They didn't buy in this, that. And he didn't do that. He he took the high road, and I, I don't know if he'd that. have a case for any of that, too. I think what he said is like, what else can you say? Like, well, you, you, had, you had plenty of opportunity. No, what, what he could have said, I was, listen, I, I've been the starting quarterback under Sean McVay for four years, for three years. We went to the playoffs twice. We went, or three times. We went to the Super Bowl once. What, 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 do, what do you mean I'm the problem? Why, why am I the problem when we've been winning since I've been the quarterback of this team? Now, the easy response is, well, because you keep making the same mistake every week. Well, you keep what, throwing it to the wrong team. You keep fumbling. You keep looking like you don't know what's going on out there. The response you know what, you know when you can make easy. that case? You know when you can make that case? You and I have talked about it. Whatever the, the Rams end up doing in the regular season, all sweet and dandy and everybody's smiling and high-fiving, what do you do in the postseason? So if you if you don't get as far, um, if you're not making a legitimate run at a Super Bowl, then maybe Jared Goff can say something along the lines of what you just mentioned. I don't think you really have anything to say now. And by the way, what do you get out of saying anything right now in this matchup going into it when nothing. your squad no, nothing has done nothing? This, well, you can't yeah. do anything now. You could have done it in the moment when you got fired. Sure. Sure. You know, I, now there's nothing to say. You're the only team in the league that hasn't won a game. Your your replacement is on a relatively short list of MVP candidates, and the team looks entirely different. It just there's there's nothing to say right now. But he could have said it at the moment. All right, can I uh, throw this out to Dodger fans out there? So game five coming up. What is it? Five o'clock. So we're just after five o'clock. By the way, you can hear the entire game right here on seven ten ESPN. How do you feel about tonight? Do you, do you still think um, do you still think the Dodgers have a chance or a good chance? Or if they just win tonight, now all the pressure goes to the Atlanta Braves. Let's get how Dodger fans are feeling a little bit here coming into Game Five. Phone number is eight seven 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 ten ESPN eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's not the same as last year. I'm positive to a point, Al. I'm positive that I think that the Dodgers can come back from this, mm-hmm. but I don't love what I've seen through the first four games of this season. Unlike last year where there was a lot of stuff that you're like, you know what, we're, we're okay. This does not feel like they're okay. It feels like they're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I think also, too, you know, the factors last season, it was a 60-game year, right? It was a 60-game season, so I think just naturally guys were more fresh. I think um, at this point of the year, you can tell that there's no I, – I think you'd be crazy to think – that there's not some wear and tear on this Dodgers team who, by the way, Trav, you know, three weeks ago you were saying, guys, let's let's pump the brakes here for a second. Let's, it's a long season. Let's yeah, you, you it's still a long got season. you still got a long way to go here and your your um the goal at the end of the day is a World Series. Just make sure everybody's kinda healthy, ready to go. And and listen, Trav, I don't know if how much things would have changed if they'd have pulled the brakes a little bit on the maybe division. the exact same thing. Maybe the exact Makes, same thing. I say they, but this is the this is the one thing that I think they could have controlled and they haven't done a good job on. And I'll just use this series as an example. Hate the way they use Julio. Really, really, genuinely hate the way they used him. Um, and, and I think you know you've said this a number of different times as well. Even if they get through, even if you have a good pitching performance tonight, this is a bullpen game. And they pitched a, a bullpen game in game one. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they two, have a good game three. <laughs> basically, I, yeah, they were. The way, they weren't right. by design, but they were bullpen games. Julio only went five innings. Bueller yeah. went three and two thirds. Scherzer, Scherzer went four and a third. So, but but with all that being said, if your backs, if your bats don't wake up, I don't care if you only gave up three runs. You're still probably going to lose this game, and that just kind of goes to the momentum Atlanta has with the bat, and the lack of momentum that these Dodger players have with the bat. And now, you know, take one more guy out of the lineup in Justin Turner. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Very quickly, congratulations to Cody in Los Angeles who won the Lakers Suns tickets. He gets to go to the uh, game number two tomorrow night, Al, at uh, Staples Center. Game number yeah, no, two. Travis, that's Travis's suite, by the way. So you'll <laughs> yeah, enjoy yeah, photos I- of his photo of his of his family. <laughs> over the suite. <laughs> How great would that be? That'd be awesome. Just, <laughs> what a baller move. Trav's wife and lovely children and you know, just uh, well, welcome uh, to my suite. That would that'd be, be amazing. That'd be pretty and, good. and that like the suite has like a, a section where, oh no, no, that's Travis's suite. That's <laughs> Travis's suite. You know, you brought up something out that I think is interesting. I don't know. Uh, I, I was looking at Twitter last night during the game. I, mm-hmm. I don't like to tweet during the game because I get emotional and it goes poorly. So mm-hmm. I, I like to just kind of watch, but I was looking at it. Um, and I was seeing a lot of anti-Dodger stuff from people from other places that were, see, that's why your 60-game World Series is bogus. That's why it doesn't count, because what makes the World Series the World Series is it's at the end of six months of just mm. grueling baseball, mm. and I couldn't agree less. I, I, it's different, but it doesn't matter less. It doesn't make it illegitimate. It means that it was different. It was played in the middle of a worldwide plague so he could only play 60 well, games it doesn't make it illegitimate it might make it slightly different well this is this is the best way i can describe it it is different yeah. and there's nothing you could, if you were the atlanta braves and you won a world series in that 60 game set you're going to feel a, a certain way about it and maybe there's going to be another fan base that's going to come up with something else by the way the lakers won in the orlando bubble the san antonio spurs won an nba championship in a 50 game lockout you can say it's different 
you can say whatever you want. It is different. <laughs> There's nothing anybody can do about it. That was the circumstances last year played, and when they were sitting there complaining about how many games to play, and um, and they ended up deciding on the. I hated the sixty games. I thought that was you know certainly I, it's not a baseball season in the traditional sense, little. but it was it was kind of like almost after a week, you're like, hey, they need to get going. Hey, these oh, games yeah. are kind of important. The the sense of urgency w- was real. All right, let's go to Canoga Park and Kudan. Kudan, you're on with Travis Ansley. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? I can only imagine. Long-time listener and first-time caller. Welcome. But nice you guys call are in, funny. Bud. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what happens in that break room when you guys both get to get coffee. I <laughs> eat and Slee drinks coffee. That's what we do. Travis is, Kudan, just so you know, there's a kind of a thing known around the office. Whatever's in the fridge is fair game. And I don't know how many lunches I've brought, and they're just gone. They're gone by the time we get to one. All right, what do you got? What's going on? Hey, I'm just saying, um, regardless of what happens tonight or, you know, game six or seven, do you think Dodgers need to add more um, – Sluggers, basically, an off-season coming around. The opposite, Kudan. Honestly, I think I think it is the opposite of that. And look, we'll do the post-mortem whenever it's time to do the post-mortem, and I don't want to do it yet because they're still in it and they still have a chance. So let's let's do. But the Dodgers don't need more guys that can hit home runs. The Dodgers could use a few more guys that get on base a whole bunch of times. They they are like I don't need to build a bunch of teams of guys that are going to hit two sixty and hit a bunch of singles. But more guys on base that can do more things. I I understand analytics say find me guys that walk and hit home runs. Those are the what what is it, Al? The three true outcomes in Major League Baseball are strikeout, walk, or homer. Those are the only things that matter. I I wouldn't mind a couple of guys that can find a way through hook or crook to get on first base. If that means a couple of ground balls here or there, I, I don't need a roster full of them, but I don't need a roster full of guys that are all or nothing. I got the guy. Damn, isn't that Trey Turner in a nutshell? I know Trey can can churn one. I yeah. know he can. But it, Turner just seemed like coming into the playoffs, this dude's going to be on base two out of five times, three out of four times, you know, however he gets there, whether an infield hit, a base hit, whatever, however the case. And that's obviously a critical piece that has not, uh, has not panned out. Let's try another one on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Ken in Newport Beach. Ken, what's up? Uh, hi, guys. Um, I've been a Dodger fan for 50 years. I've seen a lot of good. I've seen a lot of bad. Last seven years, I've watched Dave Roberts make a lot of mistakes handling pitchers, leaving them in too long, not putting in the right guy in there. I understand he doesn't choose the lineups. That's Friedman. I understand he doesn't choose the pitchers. That's Friedman. Last night was the most egregious example of a horrible in-game manager. From the first inning, and I used to coach Pitchers and a pitcher myself, I said, he's got nothing. I'm watching a guy who showed 97, throw 88, 87. Three home runs by the second inning. Nobody up in the bullpen. He even let him, him hit in the third inning. Yes. Five runs, eight hits, two walks. Nobody ever got up in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That Three is Ks just too. the worst mm-hmm. job ever. Okay. I, I can, I, in a vacuum, I would agree with you, but I think you're leaving the context that the reason that this went the way that it did, I think, is is important. I, I was texting with a group a group text. I was texting with my son. I was like, why is he still in? Why is there nobody up? What in the world is he doing coming up for an at-bat? Guys, they'd had four, three bullpen games in a row. Yeah, I they think have they a, were, hey, can we squeeze, even if, can we just help set up tomorrow? They, they have can. a bullpen game coming up to today. If mm-hmm. he goes into the bullpen in the second inning, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. He, he, it was, I, I texted Berg in the middle. I said, he, Julio's going to have to go out there and either figure out how to get guys out 
or take a beating over the mm-hmm. next couple of minutes. This is this is those are your options at this point. He needs to, and he kind of did figure it out. It got you know it wasn't great, but it was better. But you weren't you can't go to the bullpen there once you've decided I'm going bullpen in game five. After going bullpen in game one and going bullpen by accident in game two and going bullpen by accident in game three, you cannot go into the bullpen in game four when you know what's coming up in game. You, it was literally, I'm choosing to fight another day. That's exactly – now, you can disagree with it, but that was the decision process. All right, let's squeeze one more quick, uh, real quickly. Caesar in Hawthorne. Caesar, what's going on? You're on the Travis and Sleeva show. I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? What's up? Doing good, bud. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say um, I didn't really like how Roberts used uh, Gavin Lux. Uh, I feel like he should have put Bellinger at, in center, you know, Lux at first. Now, if you look at him, every time they show him on camera, Gavin Lux just looks deflated, like his confidence is gone. So uh, let me know what you guys think off there. Thank Thanks, Caesar. Well, I, I think there was another moment yesterday where you saw Gavin Lux inexperience really, really come to the forefront. Yep. And it, the game was still kind of in play, mm-hmm. and there was a soft little looper to center field um, that he has to die for. And, and here, here's how you know, and I'm not going to become a high school baseball coach on all of you all of a sudden, but this is one of the rules. If no one else is coming in and the ball is hit softly, dive. If you can, even if you miss it, the ball's not going anywhere. The ball was not hit hard to where if he misses it, it rolls to the fence and everybody comes all the way around and scores. If he dives and misses it, everybody's exactly where they were anyway. Mm. The runner's still at second base. The runner's still at first base. Nothing else happens. He's not a center fielder. He doesn't know. It, it, it's not even his fault. But you saw that, Julio's frustration. He was too. incredibly frustrated, and he should be. They have a second baseman playing center field. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Walker Bueller didn't do the "Hey, what the hell's going on?" arms at my side thing the way that Julio did, which I loved because that was a Travis Rogers move. That was that was me. Hey, dude, <laughs> seriously, we're not going to die for that? Come on, man. That was that was me. But Walker Bueller's thinking the same. Dude, come on, you got to catch that. And it's not Gavin Lux's fault. He's not. I said it at the beginning, Al. The ball will find, find you. you. It always <laughs> finds you, and it's done it. To, and it's not that he can't catch a fly ball. It's those yeah. little things that mm-hmm. you got to play 800 games in center field before you start to feel comfortable with that stuff. And he's played 12, so that it went the way that it did. Not a huge surprise. The dump coming up next. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. That game got so weird at the end, Al, I'd completely forgotten that Gavin Lux forgot to dive for a ball that Julio was like, come on, brother. I'm going to need a little around, more Throwing both of his hands up like, uh, hey, you going to help me out uh, here? You know this is hard, right? A little, little bit of help from my center fielder wouldn't be the end of the world. Before we get to the dump, very quickly, one more phone call. Let's go to the Valley and Ryan. Ryan, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, first time caller and long time listener. Love you guys. Happy to have you for that extra hour. Quickly, Thanks. just want to get to a few points. Yeah, of course. Uh, 
I just think, man, our fan energy is just so low every game. I mean, I've been watching these playoffs the last four years, and, you know, it just doesn't compare to every other stadium that I that I watch. And then next point, Kike and Verdugo, it's a killer in me to see them, you know, crushing it on another another team. Sorry, I'm a little, <laughs> a little nervous talking to you guys here. It's all right. Um, and, uh, you know, just last four years watching this team, Swing and miss at every off-speed pitch is just—it's frustrating. You know, it, it, it's the so swinging and missing is frustrating, and I think you just answered your own question, uh, Ryan. Thanks for calling. The reason the energy in the building is is lacking there's nobody on base. Fans fans are going to get animated when people are on base. When it's fly balls and groundouts and strikeouts, yeah. there's it's very hard to get fired up when there's nobody on and there's two outs and the count's one and two. Well, it's I, just difficult. By the way, you're 100 percent right, and and this is you know this would have to be the environment that I think he's hoping for is hey, the players need you, right? The, yeah. They need you. Like, There's going to be times where players are going to get the fans excited. Can the fans get the players excited? Sometimes you see it. Sometimes you see it in arenas. Sometimes you see it in college atmospheres. Sometimes you see it in other Major League Baseball games or whatever the case is or, or other professional sports. It, it's funny, Trav. They're desperate. I don't know if that's the right word, but you're, you're, you're desperate, desperate when you're down now. 3-1. Oh, yeah, you're desperate yes. when you're down 3-1. You're going to need, you know, I think what he's referring to, can, can you have Dodger Stadium rocking – when there's nobody on can you give them is there a way to by the way i agree with you is there a way that you can help um and you're probably more accurate than anything else no i don't think they're gonna get up at the beginning of the game look Mm -hmm. in the bottom of the first inning when the dodgers come up to hit for the first time it'll be rocking and then it's up to the players at that point to get some guys on base third inning nobody on and two outs i I don't think the guys everybody's getting up to to for a standing go i like what ryan said i i'm watching kike is great i love kike and alex verdugo's there former dodge Uh, guys we got mookie Betts for uh, alex verdugo let's not go too far Mookie's a pretty good player. I like having him here. Right now, it's time to go to the dump. It's time for everything we haven't gotten to today. Yes, it's time for the dump. Al, can I tell you that I may have a new favorite NFL player? You ready? It may no you know, longer. You know what's funny? Can I tell you this? <laughs> when I was reading some of that quote, uh-huh. I thought that was your quote. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jason Kelsey, who yep. is the center for the Philadelphia Eagles basically put into words exactly what you and I have been talking about with Ben Simmons on my side. You more on that side yeah. than, than me. No, no, this is my this is me. And what yeah. he said is I tell guys, you white you write your own narrative. I don't want to crush any other players, but what's going on with the Sixers, with Ben Simmons, stuff like that? All of that is because of a lack of accountability, a lack of owning up to mistakes, and a lack of correcting things. He went on to say, if all that got corrected, if you're fixing free throws, if you're getting better as a player, none of this is happening. Everybody can complain about how tough this city is to play in. Just play better, man. This city will love you. Hallelujah, Jason Kelsey. Amen. So let let me say this, and there were a couple updates on Woj. I guess he was supposed to come to a – I'll read off the – the exact here is supposed to come to the practice facility today without taking part in scheduled individual workout. His uh-huh. status now is questionable for tomorrow's game against Brooklyn. Okay. Initially, I'm the guy that's saying the way the Philadelphia 76ers handled everything, I hated it. And I, I did think, hey, this could definitely happen based upon they lose in the playoffs. Doc Rivers has not Okay. Now where we sit today, Ben, 
What the hell are you doing? What's the game plan? What's the game plan here? What's the end goal here? Because if you're going to try to be a part of the team and you're doing it just so you could cash that check and you look like an idiot. And, oh, by the way, don't tell me other teams and franchises aren't looking at, you know, Ben Simmons and if they are going to trade for him, can we be in this predicament? I mean, you're raising questions that are not helping you. There was a report out there, a a, a story, a rumor, whatever it is, that he tried to get out of the last game against the Hawks last year by pretending he got expelled exposed to vid by saying oh no i was near the i forget what it was a masseuse or a trainer or something like that that would tested positive he's like oh i was with him i shouldn't play that was the story i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's a rumor but if that is i mean can you imagine a quicker no, way to be. get your yeah, respect no. just completely erased by, the way, by listen, doing something like I, that and, and, and i know you're not crazy about his game and no. I'll, I'll tell you i i'm a fan of ben simmons bro you're 25 years old it's okay you know what you you can you correct like like uh, Jason Kelsey's saying here? There are a lot of players that got holes in their game. Uh-huh. Work on it in the off season. <laughs> By the way, the best way to work on things fail during games. Yeah, That's part sure. of the process. It's okay to shoot the ball and miss. Would you like a baseball player's game if he said the only thing I'm going to do is bunt? I'm going to be I'm going to be really good at bunting. I'm going to get a bunch of hits bunting, but I will never swing the bat. But that's, that's what not, Ben Simmons does. That's not Ben Simmons. You sure it is. Ben he Simmons won't shoot. Is? Ben Simmons is. I'm a. I'm one of the best defenders. Every uh-huh. time you put me, I'm out the best here. shortstop in I the league. Get on field. I will as, not I, swing I can the Get bat. on field as well. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, by the way, you, you kind of put it this way too. He'd also be a pitcher. Like there, there's no, no, an no, area no, no, no. of his game, the area of his game pitchers that he's aren't obviously supposed bad to out. Pitchers aren't What's supposed that? to. What it is? It's a shortstop. Is a Gold Glover. It's a guy that gets a bunch of singles and 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 bunt singles, but I will never shoot the. I will never ben swing Simmons the bat. Is a good ba- basketball player, my man. He really, really is. The problem you is can he's tell afraid of his own shadow. Okay, he's afraid. You can of his tell own how shadow. good he is by how badly the Sixers want him to leave. That's how good he is. Please leave. You're so good. We can't. We need you to walk well, out the door. They're not trading him because they're trying to get value for him. I that shows you how good they know. You know, they obviously think he I'm, is. I'm going to do my show with my cell phone in my pocket tomorrow, just in respect to Ben Simmons practicing with his cell phone in his. Pocket. I might have. I might have. I might have pitched you the uh, the Lakers and the Suns as a potential rival. I'm not pitching Ben Simmons right now. That ain't happening. <laughs> no. How do people right. find the pod? ESPN app or on iTunes. Catch the full three hours. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Just search Travis and Sliwa. Mason and Island is coming up next. Whatever good mojo you got, cross your fingers, grow a handlebar mustache, get your lucky hat, <laughs> go to your lucky spot. The Dodgers need everything they can get. We'll break it all down for you tomorrow at 10. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN.